Welcome to We Talk Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Notch. And I'm Colin. This week, LAFC continue their winning ways, the USWNT book their tickets to France, and we fail at coming up with good pinia jokes. I mean, I do pretty well, but everyone else. I mean, that's just your opinion. They don't have dick, man. Caleb, your parents were in town this past weekend. Yeah. And you took them to a Minnesota United game. Uh, this particular one, maybe not a great opportunity to showcase uh, Minnesota United FC's MLS form to your parents who've previously seen them in NASL. But I wanted to ask you, besides Minnesota United games, what is a good parent activity for you guys in the Twin Cities? Like when your parents come to town, what do you take them to do? We try to take them to different restaurants and stuff that we haven't tried before with them. Um, they, like, they like the local in downtown, we went there once. They love Al's Breakfast in Dainty Town. You know, I've still never been there. After really? Six, you, six you years of living. have wow. to go. Yeah. yeah. But go on like a weekday morning. There's gonna be, there will be no line. But stuff like that, or we'll go, we haven't done any shows, but if they do, um, they might be moving to Woodbury. Things are in, in flux right now. But if they do, probably didn't more shows, more musicals. Uh, they do a lot of musicals down in Wisconsin and stuff. I mean, I'm in the awkward position where my parents actually live in the cities and my in-laws are afraid of the cities, so they don't <laughs> actually come here. What, what do you What do you do with them when you guys do hang out, though? Like, you've got to have some sort of, like, go-to safe activity. Well, I mean, we usually, if we see them, we go to Albert Lee, so there's, like... No, 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 I'm saying your parents. Like, what, Oh, what my do, parents. What do you share in the Twin Cities? It must be like a place. Um, not really. I mean, my mom doesn't really get out of the suburbs too much. Um, my dad, we usually do like different activities just all around. Like okay. he actually gets out of the house. So I also uh, want to point out that my parents have been to a ton, a ton of gopher football games in my tenure there and also after I graduated. Um, this was their first loss they've seen by Minnesota team at TCF. Oh, hold, hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before, point before, that out. before we go to all that, I, I want to talk about my parents who visited the Twin Cities a fair amount, actually, more than probably any other place I've lived in the U.S. And note now my parents are from India traveling here. Yeah, yeah. they have a quite, quite a farther tra- trip than any of our parents. Do. Yeah, I, I, I think I've seen your parents in the Twin Cities more often than I've <laughs> seen Casey's parents. So... <laughs> That's saying something. I I think my parents, the thing that we've done the most together in the Twin Cities is go to IFA, the restaurant over here. Mm, and, IFA. Uh, but my parents, the, it's it's weird to say, but they're really bored of America, I think. Like, they, they kind of just come here and I'm like, do you want to, like, do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to eat something special? Do you want to do this? They're like, no, we're just fine. Everything's okay. You want to drink some beer? You know, I stopped drinking beer. Okay, that's good. You want to drink something else, like some soda, root beer? No, you know, nothing. Do you like eating something special? I'm on this diet. It's just like, they don't want to do anything. Do you, they, they don't have any, like, fun plans. Like, it's not like, I'm really excited to eat Thai food. Okay, mom and dad, let's go eat Thai food. That'll be awesome. Because that's all I want to do. I want to show them around. They have no interest. Do your parents like whiskey at all? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> My dad a, used yeah. to like scotch, but then he recently, for... Health reasons, he just stopped drinking totally. I think it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'll try this out and see how it feels. And so even that is now, like, it used to be I could reliably take him to, like, some scotch place, but no more. Or, you know, that nice glass cabinet that you have. Well, yeah, the, which I used to break into much more when uh, recording this podcast. Yeah, than I used to break your... into it much more. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> and you would share sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Given this season, I'm really surprised how few times you've broken into it well maybe soon maybe soon we shall see well fair warning to listeners i have a cold this week and unlike colin i don't have as much control over my coughing and sniffling while i have a cold so if you hear some of that i apologize in i'm just advance. shocked that i got through that entire episode without being like <laughs> the entire time wait last week yeah you were sick last, last I week i was oh, i had no idea i Good was job, very man. sick and you made out with him yeah, it was really weird. Well, he, he, he was in my lap, so... Yeah, exactly. yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Well, he was going to get the germs anyway. You know what, guys? I don't want to start with our usual first segment, because um, I, I need to process for just a few more minutes. So why don't we start with a segment 
that we call The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness. Let's get national and discuss the latest from the United States national teams who this week brought us great news so i'm choosing to start with them and specifically i shouldn't say they brought us great news the women's team brought us great news the men's team yeah, yeah. the men's the team did the- for like four minutes that they were ahead i mean that the sounds you made basically summed up their performance okay <laughs> just that uh gif of larry david just like yeah yeah yeah. So so why why don't we start with the women? Because yeah. they yeah. really are the the best soccer we can talk about this week. The crown jewel of U.S. soccer coming up against yes, Jamaica. Uh, have I told you guys my Jamaica joke? Is it is it okay for other ears? Yeah 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 okay, yeah. Just, just, okay, whatever. Sure. Yeah. You do have to say it in an English accent though. Okay. So it's like uh, there are these two guys talking, and one of them saying, "Well, my wife is off to." Uh, the Caribbean for a conference and the second guy's like oh Jamaica no she went on her own ah uh, I get it Jamaica Boo. yeah I get yeah. it the joke is operative on the fact that in the English accent a vowel ending a word usually or an ah vowel I should say sound ends in R typically so it's like oh, Jamaica man. you know when you, you explain know. jokes they're just that yeah. much better no no no, no. especially <laughs> especially when you bring in linguistic drift I, uh. I studied accents and I studied the English accent actually and that was like the the, the like kind of light bulb in my head where I was like wow I've noticed that about English accents and never like processed it but now when you guys listen to British people talk just listen for those ah vowel ending words oh, yeah, that, and they all a, end in er there's a champagne supernova in the sky also, did you yeah. guys see how the uh, CBS subtitle people had they had the new Doctor Who on, and she was talking she's about she's from the north. She's from Huddersfield, and she's yeah. and 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 they uh, the subtitle captured H U U D E Z F E L D Huddersfield Huddersfield. <laughs> it was pretty. These great. are the things that we're doing to avoid talking about the loons. By the way, I know, I know. Anyway, okay, okay. So the U.S. women faced Jamaica and scored many goals, many, many, many goals. I believe we now have scored a total of twenty-five goals in this tournament. Is that correct? I sure. Okay. That sounds about right. I mean, you skipped over the fact that they beat Trinidad and Tobago seven nothing to start out this tournament or start out the. Week. week yeah mopping up for the lads from last year almost Payback's a, a bitch trinabagoians yeah almost to the day you know uh from last year when when the the men chose to shit the bed so thank you alex morgan and company for for the the great result uh tobin heath with two assists and the final goal rose lavelle and alex morgan both had braces alex morgan had a rebound that led to lavelle's second there were six goals between the 41st and 58th minutes. How did Kim Hunter do on her debut? Um, Didn't make the match the 18, surprisingly. Yeah. Very weird. I think being a fictitious character in FIFA 19 <laughs> might have some something to do with that. Honestly, Trinidad probably still would have lost had we played the fictitious player. Well, that was on the injury report. It said Kim Hunter out. Not real. And that was, Lack was of <laughs> object permanence. Okay, are, are we allowed to go on tangents given that there's only like three MLS games to talk about this week? I mean, we would anyway. Yeah. So okay, it's okay. fine. So I, I'll, I, I really appreciate FIFA 19's journey mode this year, which has uh, the aforementioned Kim Hunter, a 17-year-old soccer prodigy, uh, and the former main character from FIFA 17, Alex Hunter. She's a sister in the story. And she's been selected for the U.S. men's national or women's national team out of uh, high school. Class not there yet. Right. Uh, and and she basically is you're kind of following her career in the national team. Mm-hmm. She's uh, mentored by Alex Morgan. Yes, in this game. And the f- really funny thing is though, they have this really obnoxious, f- very sexist journalist interviewing her. That's right, Which, I didn't play that part. And I say it's funny because every time he asks one of his really stupid questions, like, what do you think of the outfits? She's like, uh, excuse me, what? What are you talking about? Like, you can, like, make her throw it back in his face. And I really appreciate that, that they didn't, like, sugarcoat this and they actually showed people who are... And hopefully the, the, the quote-unquote, the lads playing this game will appreciate, you know, how the, the like, their male players are being asked all these somewhat substantive questions 
Whereas the woman player in the game gets asked all these dumb shit questions after uh, during her interviews. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that this game is actually showing the truth <clears throat> of being um, on the women's team rather than kind of trying to sugarcoat it. And I also like that you're being forced to play in the with the women's team and you can't just ignore that mode of the game um, like a lot of like the quote the lads would like to. Yeah. Um, so I... I am just loving what FIFA 19 is doing. I think next year we need the NWSL. We need the Super League. We need uh, some of the other big women's teams from around the world, club teams. And I I think that would be a really great addition. And I I think that's the next logical step, given that they've already faced scandal a lot of players and they're they're growing it, you know? So as someone that has a pre-current generation console, that sounds great. Okay, all right. Let's talk about stuff that Colin can still participate in. The U.S. women have qualified for France next summer, so book your tickets immediately. Which other teams have qualified for the tournament? Canada has... I'm trying... I believe the European qualifiers have happened, but I don't recall who. France have qualified as hosts, and from Asia, we've got China, Thailand, Australia... In Japan and South Korea. You guys want to hear who's in from South America so far? Can I guess Brazil? Correct, Mon. Oh, nice. That's how you say correct in French, right? I'm going to say yes. I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Chile has also qualified. And from UEFA, we've got Spain, Italy, England, Scotland, Norway, Sweden, Deutschland. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Canada. And then, of course, our United States. Yep. And then we've got uh, Jamaica and Panama facing off for one spot. And then is there the other one that goes to a playoff? I can't quite recall. Yeah, I um, I could also sworn I saw today that the that Nigeria had qualified, but uh, I might have been. I, saw, I thought I saw that on Reddit, but I think that might have been a mistaken thing from the past. So, we'll give you more updates on who's qualified in the future. For now, let's talk about the United States men's national team playing against Colombia last week. Which we were winning. Yeah. In that game. For, for like, like five seconds. Yeah. Bobby Wood and Kellen Acosta getting the goals for the U.S. Um, Only Acosta's second goal ever international. I thought you were going to say second goal ever. And I was going to be like, wait. No, no. But in the, <laughs> yeah. For the U.S. <laughs> we, we did have Jaime Rodriguez, though. No. Really, the only oh, goal for this game. God. Was, what a beautiful shot. Oh, I mean, man. Easily the best player on the field. Yeah. It I was kind of sad. Close. Yeah. But, I mean, Falcao was on the field. At at his day, Falcao was. I mean, this was. this was. Let, let's not kid ourselves. This was a very strong Colombian team. And a. No Pulisic, no McKinney, no Tyler Adams, yeah, no I mean, actual left back. It included Bradley, for example. How much worse can you get? <laughs> Boo, Michael Bradley. Boo. Boo. Uh, so, yeah, if, if this U.S. team had a sound, it was... Eh, yeah. You know, so. It was definitely not our top squad. And, of course, it's worth mentioning the United States men's national team has now gone an entire year without a coach. Uh, they do play on Tuesday, whenever you listen to this, of this week, the 16th against Peru. Yeah, we are recording this on Monday, so all sorts of stuff can happen tomorrow against Peru. Maybe it was this- crazy when Michael Bradley scored seven goals from the opposite half of the field. Five of them while drinking Chilcanos. <laughs> and, fl- and saying, fuck notch, into the camera. You did see him actually say, fuck notch. Michael Bradley cares very much what I think about him. Yeah, he does. I've, I've yeah. this you should make sure to rush av- this episode out so he has the motivation. I really need somebody to win in my life sometimes. He's an avid listener. Speaking of uh, teams that we need to have win, one of those for us is, I mean, maybe the team for us that we want to have win is Minnesota United. And we typically talk about them in a segment that we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. But you know what? This week, I'm not going to call it United Passions because, you know, I'm not passionate anymore. I'm pissed off. I'm going to call this United Angry. That's what this segment is. This segment can, is United Angry. Can the Our sport be- has a terrible future. <laughs> I kind of want to just have the, the song that plays be Don't Look Back in Anger. Or just, but just instead of Don't Look, just Look Back in Anger by, <laughs> from the song. By okay, okay. You could probably clip that to just two look seconds. Back in, look, look back. Yeah, Look Back in Anger. This, this game was bullshit. 
Okay, from so, so Minnesota United, for those of you who have not been following the, the shit show that is Minnesota's MLS <laughs> You're team. You're much happier than we are. It's true. They played Colorado Rapids, who, reminder, are one of the two worst teams in the Western Conference. The other being San Jose, which we shall come to in a moment. Well, Minnesota United, again, played Colorado, lost 2-0 at home, which has now meant that they have lost all four games against the two worst teams in the West, again, the aforementioned San Jose and Colorado. Now, I have a question for you guys. We have two choices at this point. We could give an even-handed description of what happened, discuss it, and be really fair with Minnesota United, which, even being fair is a pretty depressing thing. Or we could be angry and shout. What would you like to do? Angry and shout. I mean... Angry and shout. (laughs) Being fair will take a lot more effort to try to find out what to say. Honestly. All right, let's start out trying to be fair and then devolve slowly into ooh, anger. Ooh, I'm I like sure it. it's going I dear. like it a lot. Yeah, okay, so Minnesota United going into this game had several of their best players called up. We did not have access to one Francisco Calvo, El Capitan, who demands respect from the journalists. We did not have access to Rasmus Schuler. We did not have access to Bobby Shuttleworth, who was injured. We did not have access to Abu Danladi, who remains injured inexplicably. And we did not have access to many others. Romario Abarra. Ethan Kevin Molino, Sam Cronin, Christian Ramirez, who we stupidly traded, Sam Uh, Nicholson, who we stupidly traded, according to, yeah, well, he also didn't play in this game. That was my impression of people on Reddit. Sorry. Okay, thanks. All right, so maybe, maybe, maybe a few cracks in our fair-minded assessment of this game showing already, but Minnesota United did go into this game a little bit on the back foot. Still, this Colorado team had come off a seven-game losing streak. Eight came winless streak, during which they had conceded 21 goals and um, 22.5% of all points earned by other teams in MLS have come at the cost of Colorado and San Jose, who again, Minnesota United have scored 0% of their points this year uh, from. So... Uh, this was a game. I think I, I said this on Reddit. This was a game where you could have, where Minnesota United should have held a pillow to Colorado's face and just held it down, and that was it. It, it was an easy enough. Probably job. farted in their face and then held the pillow down. Oh, so paint die and death. That's a double whammy. Yeah, the, the Colorado should have been smothered. <laughs> this is a bad team. Their best player, Kellen Acosta, wasn't playing for them. And somehow we managed to make Colorado's defense look good. I'm not even going to ask our weekly fucking question about Colorado Rapids. Because you know what? They actually look pretty fucking great in this game. Thanks to our fucking incompetence. No, no. They actually did not look good at all. This was quite possibly the most putrid MLS game I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot of that league. The, Sorry, again, my fair-minded assessment cracked there for yeah, a moment. The yeah. answer to that question is, no, Colorado's not good. And that's the problem. And yeah. neither are we. No, exactly. You're... With Colorado being arguably the worst team in the league, like darn close to Orlando right now. I most often when I'm capoing at games, I am regretting a little bit that I can't watch the game. But this game, I was sick. I was at home, which in some ways was good because I didn't have to go and uh, subject myself to this in person. But it also meant that I actually watched all 90 minutes of this game myself, which was atrocious. Which means you saw Colorado... Outpossess Minnesota at Minnesota. Correct. I did. You saw Colorado outpass Minnesota at home. Yes. Yes, I did. I saw Minnesota United complete a sum total of four passes within the box. Now, I would like to draw your attention to something else, which is Angelo Rodriguez. I had, I said this on Twitter, I said this on Reddit. Straight up, I had forgotten that that man was a designated player. His play has been barely at the level of a substitute quality MLS player who should be earning, like, league minimum. Like, this guy is being played designated player wages and his lauded hold-up play. Please, yeah. Caleb, you had well, stuff I, to say I, about I tweeted this. out during the game for a player who's lauded for his hold-up play. It's pretty fucking terrible at it. The like. It's, Axel Schuberg and Tommy Smith are both very large individuals. That doesn't excuse the fact that Rodriguez's first touch for a hold-up play guy was 
abysmal in this game. Yeah. And I'm being His unfair. passing was horrific in this game. And, and, and I'm being slightly unfair when I, like, say a league minimum, blah, blah, blah. But the guy is not the quality at which you can bring him in and then sell your only other good, like, healthy forward. Like, he's, he's not he's not good TP, enough. He's to, not TP level. No, and he's not good enough to headline a team. No. No. You know, this this is the thing. You have the Johnny Russells of this world. You got the Velas of this world. You have the Almirones and Martinez's, you know, tearing up this league, headlining their teams. And who do we have? We've got Angela Rodriguez, a, you know, hurt Abu Dhabi, And then we have uh, Mason Toy, who's given the pitch in the last three minutes of the game in stoppage time. I mean, we... We have Darwin Quintero. That's the way that you're talking about this. You're ignoring the fact that we have Darwin Quintero, who that's one also player. was yeah, he's one player. But uh, the thing is, with those teams you mentioned, SJC, um, Atlanta, they have multiple players who can store. We have one. With LAFC, uh, Diamande has 12 goals this year. Vela has double digits for sure. I'm, Rossi might even have double digits. We have. One, we would have two, but he's not. Yeah, he got traded, he got traded away because away. apparently there wasn't room in the budget for two strikers, which but, is patently false. But anyway, so so I, I want to ask you this, which is talk to me about VAR, because a lot of people who watch this game are going to come and say, ah, oh, those referees, that damn VAR <laughs> shake fisted yeah. you. As I was watching out of the stadium, people were booing the refs and I started chanting, it's not the refs fault. It's not the refs. And the guy next to me, who I didn't even know, started laughing. Like, you're totally right. So, to, to tell, tell me what the refs did, and um, then, then tell the, me what your take on it. Okay, the, the ref made the correct call in the end. Let's put that out there right away. The, both those goals were offsides from our favorite DP, Angelo Rodriguez. Two, two goals from Minnesota United and were called offsides. Called back correctly. Offside. Correctly. Very After correctly. a very long intervals, like the referee held his yeah, hand and, to his and, ear and for a while, and then ran to the screen for a while. Took a long time. It took about three to four minutes each review, which should not happen. VAR is a flawed system, not because it doesn't get the right results, because it takes too long. The people in the stands do not want to know what's happening. There's no replays going on the board. All we see is the player standing around wondering what's happening, and the ref with his finger in his ear. What should happen, and what should be... Happened going forward is the VARF either making the decision himself or telling the the ref right away, hey, this is pretty close, go to the screen right now. And that's when, what should happen. He shouldn't stand in the middle of the pitch with his finger to his ear for three and a half minutes. That should not happen ever in a game. It ruins the momentum either team has, has and throws off the balance of the whole game, just ruins the experience for the fans and the players just kind of get out of sync. It's not good for the game as a whole not just for the lead not not to, not to look for the lead that should be a very quick decision either the have the VAR referee make it or send the send a ref to the video review screen right away immediately and the thing is despite it being first tested in the United States or at least first high level tested high profile tested the US is actually lagging in terms of getting this to work you saw it work reasonably efficiently at the World Cup. You see it work with pretty good efficiency in the Bundesliga and other leagues. It's that the referees are bad at using it. Sure. And now we're going down that VAR rabbit hole that I would like us to avoid because, again, the decisions were correct. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Angelo the most Rodriguez part. on both our goals. Again, our designated player, Angelo Rodriguez, was offside for both our goals. And in his remarks to the press, and granted this was through an interpreter, so there might be something lost in translation, but he said, basically, it's hard to tell if you're, when you're offsides on the pitch, well, you're a striker, you should be able to tell that no matter where you are on the pitch. Yeah. If you're a striker in a league that has VAR, and you're trying to play off of somebody's back shoulder, just know for your own sake, play a quarter step behind because you know that that little extra bit that you're going to be offside is going to get caught. Just that should be a basic understanding for strikers nowadays. And I don't understand why he was completely oblivious to that. People are saying after this game, we were two calls away from, from a tie. 
I'm sorry. You shouldn't be two calls away from winning against the worst team in the league. Oh, we wouldn't have been two calls away from winning. We would have been two calls away from a tie. That's that's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah. And you're giving us too much credit by saying we we're that close to winning. And and how do we concede that second goal? You know, the first goal, all right, they did what they had to do. The second goal where Michael Boxel heads like he gives a beautiful assist. I, I was just gonna you know, clap my hands to Mr. Boxel. That was almost as good of an assist as Ben Sweat's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was bad um, all around. I don't know if I made if I made this remark to you, Colin, or to Shane, who's with us in the stands. But this team looks like they're already done with the season. And I think that that is now the thing that um, I want to get to before we talk about the brawl to finish the segment. This team played an uninspiring game of soccer. This does not look like a motivated team. This does not look like a team that wants to prove itself despite we missed the playoffs, but you know what? We got something. This isn't a team that's playing for their contracts. This isn't a team that is... that. This isn't a coach who's sending his young players on. Like, okay, you lose 2-0 to Colorado if Manly, Owundi, if... um, <coughs> Almsberg, Toy, Martin. Yeah, if they're playing the yeah. young players, it it's fine. I mean, I... Granted, from a roster perspective, you pretty much can't have a woundy at this point because of international slots. Right. But, but everybody else, yeah, throw those guys on. Get them at least enough reps to say, you need to be in USL next year or you need to be with the first team next year. We were down one nothing to Colorado since, what, the 51st minute, 54th uh, minute? It was close to the 60. So, anyway, takes Heath 35 minutes to put another striker on. I just don't understand that call at all. I don't understand. If I'm the coach, and I'm obviously not, I'm sitting here with you guys talking on the podcast. Um, I don't start Angelo the rest of the year. I start Toy with Ibarra and whoever on the Wayne Gomez and also ride the bench or never shoot up again. Well, Quintero can go out there. We'll see if Alexi Gomez even is eligible to play the rest of the year because of certain things that happened. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, talk about now the brawl that happened at the end to finish out our first part of the show. Colorado score a very late goal. This is in the seventh minute of stoppage time. Jackson is uh, chips Matt Lampson to you know with with the beautiful assist from Michael Boxwell, of course. I don't blame Lampson at all for that. Yeah, I mean he was left out to dry. Anyway, I blame him for his positioning, but <laughs> anyway, he scores. Now, Jackson is celebrating, and admittedly, these guys, they run off to the right from where Jackson was, which is he's outside the box, so they kind of end up in a place kind of close to the Minnesota United bench, where now Tommy Smith breaks off from this group and decides to be a total tit, and just goes and starts celebrating and gyrating and hip-thrusting near the Minnesota United bench, looking at the crowd, obviously, like, egging them on, and, you know, that was a bad move. This guy's a douchebag and Holy also shit. not a good player yeah he's a yeah. terrible defender maybe he's just taking his chance to celebrate while he still can before he's get gets gut from mls and has to go spend the rest of his life like playing in npsl pro or the nicer league in like the middle of winter anyway actually since he's english he's probably gonna go back and play in the championship but ah he'll probably go and play in the istamian league again in the middle of winter somewhere with the shoes getting wet tyrone mir has got a job in the championship continue I'd like to see him in Connecticut NYSA. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try to get Tommy Smith signed to Connecticut NYSA. But um, so Tommy Smith does this stuff. John Pascarella, for the, the goalkeeping coach from Minnesota United, decides that this is the moment he's going to get out of his chair. And, and you know what? If I'm John Pascarella, I'm pretty primed at this point. I'm pretty angry. You know, I've seen two calls go against us. I've, you know, seen this team that I love and these players that I know can do better. Uh, fuck around for 90 minutes so I'm mad and maybe you know I boil over a little bit I start pushing and shoving Tommy Smith another player from the Minnesota bench squirts a bottle at him this brawl is this starts basically a a minor little brawl it kind of gets cleared out and then Hairston comes to talk to somebody at Minnesota United and then they start reacting to him and he starts getting pushed and shoved. Harrison Heath starts getting involved. He did not spit, by the way. Somebody started this thing that Harrison Heath spit. No, if you look at the video, someone from behind him with a bottle squirts water at him. At, at you can see him recoil to spit. That's why they thought it. 
Yeah, it's, he's he's not spitting. He's just talking. He does and, grab him by the neck and shove him. True. Yeah. Now, Which it's still really really bad. Yeah. And then some some you know guys on Reddit be like, "Oh, good for Harrison. He is showing some fight, standing up for the boys." No, fuck that. You know what? I'm not gonna like again. I'm not gonna say that Pascarella and Heath were complete douchebag like Tommy Smith. They were primed to be mad. This was a game that induced a shit ton of anger if you haven't been able to tell all of us. <laughs> so, I mean, you can understand what happens to people sitting at the side of the bench being like, oh, fuck, we gotta go on Twitter after this game. So, they were angry. They reacted. I'm not gonna, like, come down on them too harshly, but I'm also not gonna praise them for whatever they did. And now, so Heath has a red card. He's suspended for the LA game. Bascarella, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. He'll probably get suspended for the next game too, or bench suspension. And then today, the MLS D- disciplinary committee has also come out and given a fine to Alexi Gomez for simulation. Uh, was there a suspension attached to that? No, that was for the Philadelphia game. Yeah. Oh, was that? When yeah, was his that? Uh, dust up with uh, Fafa Pitot. Right. Yeah, yeah, so that's completely irrelevant to this. But, um, but there's he, additional video evidence that suggests that he shoved Dylan Cerna in the face. Yeah, and I mean, there's all sorts of folks who get involved in this. I mean, Brent Common has some antics in the, in the video that aren't, uh, let's just say, don't cover him in glory either. So it's going to be a very interesting thing to see what else the discovery, uh, the discovery committee, disciplinary committee decides to, to do. So, I mean... Who knows where this could go? And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Credit to Adrian Heath. He was interviewed about three minutes after this fight happened, and he said, and and he came out and said, you know, it wasn't the best decision for Tommy Smith to come and celebrate near us, but we shouldn't have risen to the bait. And that was exactly the right thing to say. It was he, exactly the right thing to say, and it's hopefully a message that he sends with further disciplinary action to the players that were involved. I, I know that know. you are going to say, I'm not going to go down too hardly on this, but I have to. Fair enough. What the hell is wrong with these people for reacting like that? I mean, come on, no, man. No, no. You're going you're gonna to do it, too. Like, it, no, I am going to no, do it. I you mean, know what? It's, it's, you would have reacted the same way if, if you had spent, if it was the 97th minute and you had seen an incompetent referee make the right calls, but still, like, you know, call... Two goals against your team. Two very key goals against your team. And then after after getting up what you thought was a win they, or a draw taken away from you, you get to see this, you know, a ridiculous chip from a mistake, again, from a guy you know is capable of. And then the more. player who doesn't even store it celebrates in front of your bench. Right. Like, this was... A I player mean, who didn't really endear himself to Minnesota players in the reverse fixture this season. You know why I wouldn't have done that? Because if I was being paid to play soccer, if I was being paid to be a coach, I don't care who it is. I have some sort of professional responsibility to not be a jackass on the field. I have a professional responsibility to understand that the entire game, my team was completely outplayed by the worst team in the conference. If I think to myself, I need to react with anger at somebody showing me up, I should be more focused on how embarrassing that loss was. All right. Fair enough. I disagree with you, but your opinion is perfectly valid um, on the, on that whole situation. So we will see how this all like shakes out and which team takes the pitch when 50K show up to Midway this weekend. <laughs> uh, that's going to be fun. Let's hope we even have enough players that aren't suspended for it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, bro, just fucking... It's too bad the roster is frozen. Otherwise, just like freeze Calvo out, bring a Wundi in, like just just let Rasmus rest. You know, just just I don't know, bring in your like the rest of the Cameroonian internationals that they were scouting. Like just let let's put out you know just the the let's put out the DA team. You know, like let 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 him, let him get on the pitch with uh, Zlatan. Uh, He's not gonna play either. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this okay. Getting back to the fair analysis, though, when you look at it, this was the most embarrassing day that I can remember as a Minnesota United fan. 
I would agree, and I was also at the 4-0 drubbing that Miami Miami FC laid on us in our last year of NASL. That was a good team, and you you know you always yeah. have like you got those big losses like sometimes that happen. Yeah, we had a this team was... coming off a five-one loss with all those statistics about Colorado that I just talked about playing at home in a year where our home record has supposedly been good, and. I mean, just just the whole the the way that it kind of ended with the brawl with everything. There are multiple reasons to be really embarrassed, both in a long term sense, a short term sense, for sports reasons, for non sports reasons. It's just, I mean, this was a crap show. Yeah, the combination of everything. Like, I had thought to myself, this is the worst since Miami. No, this was probably the worst, most embarrassing home defeat. That I've seen in my Phantom yeah. of the Loons. And, and there have been Saturdays, like the the semifinal loss, when we didn't make the NASL championship in, in 2015, and then some of the days in 2016. There have been sad days, but this was the most embarrassing, because you know these guys could have done better. You know what didn't have to go like this. Did we know that they could do better? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's at home against the worst team in the MLS. Yes, this it was this, a team that was supposed to be good at home and a team that's coming out seven losses. This is a team. Darren Tintero's top fifteen player in the lead, and who does Colorado have? Connor Costa, he's gone. This is a team where Minnesota should have rolled over and just steamrolled Colorado, but they didn't because they're on vacation, they don't care about the spots on the team anymore, apparently, because Aaron Heath's like, play for your spots. Maybe they want to leave. Maybe this locker room is so toxic, and maybe they just want to get out of here, because playing for our spots every week in, week out isn't enough for them. Isn't enough motivation for them. Like, we haven't talked about LAFC's game. Christian Ramirez hasn't been getting games, and yet we all posited that Christian Ramirez is probably happier being on the bench for a team that's making the playoffs than he would be playing day in, day out for this team. That's how bad things are. Well, the thing is, he wouldn't even be playing day in, day out because he'd be starting after the lottery does for some <laughs> strange fucking reason. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, I we just yeah. throw on a happier note with Tiago Calvano, one of Loon's legends, one of my favorite players, but I think NASL days retired, hung up his playing boots. After playing for Penn FC in USL, I think we should just send off Tiago Tavano with a great, you know, yeah. He was a fun player to watch and always fiery and vocal on the yeah. field, and I and loved watching him. Strong presence, occasionally wore the armband for us. Um, always strong in the middle of the park. Just yeah, it, you 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 like players like that who come from far away, put in their effort for a team that you know they're, they're not from the area, and you, you can just see the passion in their faces. And yeah. Also, you know, always interacted with the fans really well. And so, kind of a journeyman throughout his career, but um, all the best to him. I would love to see him back with in, in the Twin Cities area and, uh, you know, hanging out with all the other former players and the one big happy family like they do in the movies. Just one more thing on Minnesota before we move on, which is that I think, no. I think okay. our frustration comes from the fact that we know this team is capable of more. Um, these players are not this bad. You know, I... I they can do more than Colorado. You know, we've like, seen them do so. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's where this anger and this frustration that you've heard from all of us comes from, which is you just want, you just want to see your team at least put in what you know is, is going to be a performance that reflects who they are. So I, I hope we get to see that against LA. I hope they decide to come back. I hope they're all really fucking mad. And they come back and they decide to just show TCF Bank Stadium what the hell they're capable of and fire on all cylinders. Can I just say one thing quick? I think a lot of the anger also comes from the fact that we're Minnesota sports fans. Like, I'm sorry, as a Minnesota sports fan, we don't know what nice things are. <laughs> I, I think... It's I, been... There has been one title won by a major Minnesota sports team, at least in like one of the top five leagues. Since I've been born, I think Minnesota United fans are familiar with good teams, though. We are. I mean, our NASL oh, yeah. teams well, were not bad. And, you, know, and you have to go, anyway, let's not get into to go this back fight. for titles, but I'm just saying, like, there is a fatalism among Minnesota sports fans that is hard to get over. 
I'm I'm sure there is, but that's not where I'm coming from. So I again I will agree with you. Uh, I think you have I will disagree with you, but you have a valid viewpoint. Okay, all right. Uh, let's take a break now, and we'll return with everything else that doesn't quite make us so mad. Let's move on now to a segment that we call the top step. But the cream rise to the top, oh yeah. In the top step, we cover the latest from America's Division One leagues, the NWSL, which is on break after finishing their season, and Major League Soccer. Uh, first up, save the crew extraordinary news. Uh, we might, we might you misspelled save the crew. It's spelled S A V E D, the crew. Yeah, save the crew. Maybe. U.S. Soccer with the awesome um kind of subtle way to tweet this you know how at the end of short urls they have like a few words like gql l1 mn or whatever they did s v e d t c r e w save the crew as uh as one of their urls this week kind of a nice little tip with the hat nice so would you like to tell me why we're so why we think the crew has been saved so jimmy haslam the owner of the cleveland browns um announced this past week that he is investing in the group uh, that will apparently be purchasing the at least location rights to the Columbus crew. There's a lot of moving parts that haven't been figured out with this. Um, Some of them involve whether or not this is straight out buying the Columbus crew, including their organization whether or not that has to move to Austin still. It, it seems as though it's going to be the team staying in Columbus and then Anthony Precourt getting a franchise in Austin, which uh, is maybe about as good of a outcome as he can get, save for the fact that Jimmy Haslam is a really terrible sports owner. He's but. really bad for the Browns, but also... At one point, point, a homeless guy came up to him and said, you need to draft Johnny Manziel number one, and he did it. You know what? Uh, Not the point right now. In a league where Herbalife shows up as a title sponsor, I don't think we've got a leg to stand on. Yeah, we don't have a leg to stand on at the moment, but yes, uh, politics do matter, but we'll cover more about this No, this this isn't politics. This is just him being bad at owning a sports team. Like, don't get me started with political Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, anyway, we shall uh, cover more when we have it. Superdraft is going to be in Chicago on January 11th. I'm halfway tempted to try and say that I have a press affiliation and cover it. Talk to me. (laughs) I'm interested in doing that on that trip. You know, I might, I might join you just because I'll have fun in Chicago. I won't go to the Super Drop. We'll just drink together afterwards. Maybe you can get Darn Garber to hang out with us. Some deep uh, dish. No, you. I want a pizza casserole, and that's the best place to get one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Caleb. Yeah. I uh, will no, enjoy. Why do you guys like? Nope. nope. Shh, <laughs> let, us, let us enjoy the thing. Let All us right. enjoy the thing. Speaking of enjoyment, the six-goal game this week was LAFC versus Houston. Where um, they enjoyed some uh, cold uh, October rain. Cold October rain. That's that's the Guns N' Roses song, right? Cold October rain. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know why I'm in the... Uh, it's kind of weird judge. that that video didn't include actual rain taking place when Slash was doing his giant guitar solo. It was also just, I don't understand that video very much. Like, they're getting married, and then she's dead. Like, what happened? All I know is Axel Rose is, is fat now, and that's funny to me. Yeah. Hey, okay, all right. I well, mean, I, I'm fat after Chinese democracy. Like, <laughs> I need, I need, it happens. Didn't, didn't Guns N' Roses get back together and like, yeah. with Slash and everything? I want to go to that one of their shows that they're still mm. doing that sort of thing. No, you no, don't. don't. Just you really an, don't. Just watch an old show on YouTube. You'll get it. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'll go to the hologram VR. The reason show. I feel comfortable making fun of Alterol is for being fat because he's a horrible human being. Okay, yeah, right. that's Sounds also good. Fair. All right, let's start talking about LAFC, where um, playing Houston, where Manotas got a 16th goal of the game uh, on a very sloppy play by the of LAFC this, defense of the season. But he started in this game. 
Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And Houston's... There were only six goals in the game, not 16. Get, getting getting Houston's hopes up. Minus 10, bro. Houston's get, getting Houston's hopes up before they were crushed into dust by LAFC, who scored four goals in response. And Carlos Vela, just fantastic. Draws a penalty from, from the human stain that is Tyler Derrick. Um, and his second goal of the game was an amazing rebound that just... Uh-huh. He, he, dear God, he that just chip. hit it and then just turned around and put his arms up like, yes. I've seen and Darwin Quintero score chips this year. So, so that De- was even better. Derrick pulled Vela down by the feet yeah. for to give him a penalty on his Clear first penalty. goal. And on his second goal, he Derrick had again pretty much pulled Brossi down again. And, and Vela chipped him. I just want to ask, as a West Wing fan, why isn't Congressman Joe Willis of Ohio in goal? For uh, for Houston, he was I a kindly fear. man. He I'm, was a kindly man who lost his congresswoman wife, and he just—I mean—he he voted his conscience. He's a he's an eighth grade civics teacher. One of my favorite episodes, by the yeah. way. It's one so of everybody's great. favorite. Yeah. It's so Although, let's be honest, Congressman Joe Willis is probably the least likely athletic person ever <laughs> in the West Wing, and that's saying something. <laughs> Still I would mean, be probably the, Minnesota United's third best player. The so president does play week. basketball with Alonzo Mourning. It's true. <laughs> Alright, we are huge West Wing nerds. Dumande, Dio, Dio getting the goal, Zimmerman getting oh another God. as well, so that makes... It went Vela, Dio, Zimmerman, Vela, and then uh, Houston getting one goal, and, and the commentators are going... We spoke too soon. Maybe they're going to make a comeback. No, no that did not Fanger happen. Fanger in. Uh, Fanger stored for them. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was pouring rain, like we said, in LA this weekend. And most of the stands were empty, except for the supporter section who were rocking the entire oh time. Shout out to them. God, that it was It looked impressive. like so much fun to be in that section. I and miss having that level of happiness in the section. Very sad contrast to what the section was like for Minnesota this weekend. It, it was. It wasn't even you being gone, Notch. It, it was. It was toxic. No, it, it was you being gone. I really, really we, all, we all missed you, and you hope you'll be back next next time. <laughs> I will say every time I watch an LAFC game on the air and they focus on section, what is it? Nine two five two. No, three, three two five two. Three five eight zero. Eight two seven five three zero nine. <laughs> They're all named Jenny, and they have been a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they, they do always seem to have a good time. I wouldn't mind, you know. Time to to make, like, producer Nick, who isn't here this week, by the way. Uh, Time to make, like, producer Nick and buy a Ramirez LAFC jersey, jump on that bandwagon, and wave goodbye to Adrian Heath. Ah, that would be so lovely. DC United played FC Dallas right after Minnesota played, and... um, Basically, this game, the only thing you really needed to see was the last maybe five minutes where um, Canoose basically got the goal that in knocked New England out of the playoffs and put DC United uh, two points ahead of Montreal. In a playoff position for the first time this season, yep. uh, Canoose then dedicated his goal to Paul Ariola, who was away from the team with his family to the death of his father, so positive vibes and all that out to him and his family at this time yeah but wonderful story for dc getting packed up into the or getting up for the first time in the playoff spots they looked unstoppable at the moment and they'd be very interesting for anyone to play in the east maybe maybe i should just buy rooney dc united stuff you know just buy generic united stuff and just yeah i think that that's what we should do for our clothing line oh my god (laughs) Generic united gear Yeah. yeah And, you know, just leave leave like a blank, like it's just blank. And it's just united. Bl- it's just gray. Everything is gray and right, united, exactly. and there, it could be anybody. City yep. till I die. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's next? What uh, we New, talk England about? New England beats Orlando, Orlando two nothing. Yes, I do because Orlando yeah. is now tied with for most goals allowed in MLS season ever with uh, last year's Minnesota team, and they have three more games this season. Um, so they'll we and Minnesota has two. We're San Jose is up there as well. Could be, but please, I hope Zlatan doesn't play. Yeah, please keep Zlatan away from us. I just, I love the fact that there's three MLS teams this year that are in a good shout to have more goals allowed. (laughs) That shit. We're not that shit. We're one of those teams. We're 
pretty shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... I think Orlando is going to take the record this year. There's just no way that we are that... Well, for, for you know, there's a lot of There's no, no well, way we could be that bad, you no. know. Oh, oh no. There's, there's plenty of way that we can be that bad. <laughs> I just knocked on wood, furiously. And yeah, by but, the way... Oh, hey, speaking of, of knocking on wood, uh, Notch's favorite player had a hell of a game. <laughs> well, let's just say Orlando got Pania in many different ways in this game. Uh, d- did they consent? I, I, I don't know. I kind of hope so. I, I mean, we're not talking about sex. We're talking about <laughs> soccer, Caleb. Hello. Isn't it the same Get thing? Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Christian Piusiel bended it into the far post for the yeah, first goal. I mean, I mean, he just, you know... He that, just, that was a that was a solid, solid goal. Bonilla took his opportunity. He just went at the goal and spurted at them. And, you know, it, was, it, was, it went in. Yeah. And then... Pania had a beautiful ball into the path of Fagundes for that second. That was an amazing cross, but that was an even better dick joke. I got to be can honest. Ma- yeah, we can I make better, better double entendres with this. I'm disappointed with all of us. I blame Minnesota United. It's Adrian Heath's fault. How about that? Okay. All right. Adrian Heath, dick killer. <laughs> Uh, that it. was just how all the booze you drank that night to forget the game, Colin. And whose fault was that? Oh, Adrian okay. Heath. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's. You heard uh, it here first. <laughs> we'll never have another player on this yeah. podcast ever again. No, yeah. no, no, no. We won't. MLS's award ballots were announced today, and there were plenty of things to laugh our asses off at. For instance, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. On the list for MLS Comeback Player of the Year in a league that he wasn't in at the start of the season. Granted, Felipe Gutierrez also joined MLS this year, is on that list, but... I mean, technically, Zlatan was injured most of last year, so, like, I mean, he did come back, like, if you're trying to justify it. He had come back from Manchester United before he joined the LA Galaxy. I mean... Uh, most teams hey, have. Alex Hunter did that in my FIFA 18 save. Okay, most teams have a uh, a player that uh, is a, a player <laughs> at least one player on for nominated for each each award. Um, in terms of Minnesota United, the only one that I think we have a chance of winning is the humanitarian award for Matt Lampson's work with the. Uh, um, Lampstrong. Yeah, Lampstrong worked with uh, children. I mean, and and, and let's, let's not cancer l- and. Let's not mince words. Matt Lampson is one of the biggest charitable MLS players in the league. Yeah, he's he a shining true. star of brightness along with Colin Martin in what has been a fairly forgettable year Yeah, for Minnesota United. So the two of them are really kind of holding the flag early high for our team and and really excelling in many ways. And Yeah, absolutely. M- reaching out to... The- Making themselves part of the community. Exactly. Which you want to see sure. when you're players. Yeah. You want to see them integrate themselves and also bring more people in. And that's what Lampson has done. That's what also what Colin Martin has done. Mm-hmm. Um, Who he, spoke, by the way, at the uh, Human Rights Campaigns exactly. Conference this week as well. Incredible stuff. So yep. proud. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that we should laugh at, because that's the point of the segment, Orlando bothered to include two players for Defender of the Year. Was one of them Demidov? Oh, zing, zing, zing. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Wilson strikes again. Yeah. Chicago and Colorado smartly didn't bother submitting their head coaches for coach of the year. Minnesota United did, though. Very yeah. optimistic. Very yeah. odd. A lot of ambition there. Maybe they should have applied. Yeah. They should have sent a response for the ambition rankings earlier this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, many people, including noted former host of this podcast, Jeff Reuter, believed that you automatically get a nomination if you've been the coach between weeks one and 33. No, that is not the case. One of my favorite things in the MLS season is to figure out which coaches did not get nominated despite being coaches for the entire year. I was so glad to see that at least two of them made it this year. And of course, Minnesota United... One in two on the season against those coaches. Of course. Brilliant. 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 Cool. Well, let's look at the playoff cool. picture real quick. There's a East Conference 1v2 between Atlanta and New York Red Bulls for the Supporter Shield spots. 
Yeah, uh, they've clinched at least a spot in the um, missing the first round knockout stage. But um, the Spurs Shield is down to Atlanta and Rebels. It's it's going to be interesting to see who can actually pull that one out. Um, there's also a East home field for first round. NYC and Philly, they're ahead of Columbus and D.C. It's unlikely that D.C. gets there, but NYC don't look that good right now. Now they've do Columbus really. been very uninspiring in their play of, of late. Vancouver, L.A., RSL, and Seattle separated by seven points. Currently, Vancouver and L.A. outside the playoff spots. Uh, but this battle could go... Um, much different directions depending on how Minnesota United decide to do next week among other and teams. And we should point out that's the Dallas not LAFC. Yeah. 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 Christian yep. Ramirez is safe. Don't worry. All right. Well, now it's time to get low. It's time to get low and talk about our wrap-up of U.S. lower league soccer again this week. Nippon Chopra of website Socktakes is back to give you his roundup informed Roundup of what's going on with the lower leagues. Hello there, this is Nipun Chopra. What are we talking about this week? So this is the week of October 14th. We're recording here Sunday night. Uh, we now have a clear-cut idea of what the USL playoffs will look like. Um, FC Cincinnati, who have pretty much dominated the Eastern Division, are currently unbeaten in 23 games, which is a USL record will play future MLS um, foes in Nashville. All of these games, by the way, will be played between October 18th and October 20th. Um, Charleston Battery, who have some interesting news uh, that their owner has been charged with Battery. That's no joke. That's an actual news story. Will play New York Red Bulls 2, who uh, have had an up and down season. at Highmark Stadium, Pittsburgh Riverhounds will play sixth place Bethlehem Steel, uh, who have both those teams who have pretty solid defenses, so that'll be a low scoring game. At Slugger Field, as a rematch of last night's 1 0 loss, Indy 11 will visit Louisville City uh, FC once more. At Louisville City FC playing some attractive football will be by far the, um, the favorites to win that tie. In the West, Orange County SC finished top. They will play St. Louis FC. Uh, St. Louis FC are constantly being moved from the east to the west conference, and I'm guessing they'll be moved back to the east next year. So this will probably be their last game in the Western Conference. Um, fourth place Real Monarchs, who were flying at the start of the season and kind of lost their way a little bit, will play fifth place Reno 1868 FC. Uh, uh, Didier Drogba, less Phoenix F- Rising FC, will play Portland Timbers too. And uh, rounding out the playoff games, Sacramento Republic FC will play Swope Park Rangers. So those are the eight matchups. And the winners of the, all those matchups will probably play the following week. So that'll be October 27th in the conference semifinals. Um, news stories. We are expecting some Nissan news this week. Uh, Reminder for listeners who might not be familiar with Nisa. Uh, Nisa was started by Club Nine Sports. Peter Wilt was leading the charge. Um, They had some issues along the way with funding and attracting clubs, uh, clubs that signed uh, letters of intent such as Chattanooga FC ended up backing away from those letters of intent. And uh, soon we found out that uh, Peter Wilt um, was joining um, the USLD3 team in Madison. And they also had a, a very sad, uh, had Jack Cummins, uh, the other co-founder of NISA, pass away. So a lot of things happened with NISA that made it seem like NISA was done as an entity. However, uh, starting in about late August, we started hearing, um, myself and other reporters started hearing news about more NISA conversation uh, and as it turned out they have applied for divisional uh, division three sanctioning they will they are targeting a fall kickoff and we are hearing that there will be some news about team announcements coming up this week and next week so by the time you hear this you'll probably know at least one of nisa's founding members 
Um, another bit of news, and that's where we'll end up today, is uh, Penn FC, formerly known as Harrisburg City Islanders, have dropped to Division Three. Um, they will take the 2019 season they will be on hiatus all season and in 2020 they will come back in division three which is an interesting story because it seems that usld3 is kind of a safety net for a lot of these teams so teams such as rochester uh, penn fc now uh, orlando city b um of course the toronto fc2 um these are all teams that have for one reason or the other struggled to survive in division two and this division three gives them a safety net and in return it allows division uh, usld3 to apply for sanctioning with with the guaranteed teams and i think it's pretty clear now that that was always one of the goals for usld3 was to provide a safety net for teams so that instead of folding they just drop a division so uh, a far a far regulation if you will uh, that's all i have for you today and we'll chat next week goodbye I am loving Nippon on the pod. He puts so much into just five minutes. And a very professional sign-off, too. Like, really ups the professional status of this podcast. It's like he knows what he's doing. (laughs) I've struggled very much with our (laughs) end-of-the-episode (laughs) sign-off over the years, and I finally wrote it down. Uh, You know, I I basically... I'll tell you what I've written down in our our notes template, so I say it every week. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week, because I don't know what to, like, you know how it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands when I'm on stage. I don't know what to do with my goodbye when we're on a podcast. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quick aside about the Penn FC stuff. It is really interesting, given the fact that a lot of these teams are looking to D3 as kind of that safety net that uh, I mean I think you one. mean yeah it's lead okay, one fine, now fine apparently <laughs> so the role we're living in with all of those teams looking to league one as a kind of safety net league it is surprising to see Penn FC looking to take a break I did see some rumors that maybe they would be leaving Harrisburg that could be part of it we'll see also worth mentioning that uh, NISA, NISA, as Nippon said, has announced its first team. It'll be in Hartford, Connecticut. Or at least Hartford-ish. Which, somewhere in the which is uh, cold during the winter. Yeah, remarkably cold. Um, Weird. NISA has apparently upheld that they do plan on having a winter break. Okay, great. Cool guys. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Good luck with that. Enjoy. We'll uh, we'll we'll wave to you in the summer. Okay. Hey, it's time for a segment that we call they don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do though. Where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. Which it's international break, so it's just about everywhere. Soccer everywhere. But we're running kind of late, so let's talk about only the most important games that are. Peaking your interest, of course, England beating Spain three goals to two. Raheem Sterling scoring twice. Uh, That that uh, was fun. First goal for England in three years. And considering how great of a World Cup he had for them, not sarcastic at all. He had a great World Cup for them. It's good to see him actually dead on the score sheet and silence those haters. Yeah, at least. And most importantly, to silence everybody that's been pillorying him for every single thing. I heard after the game, he sat in the hotel room and watched Netflix. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. England came into this game after tying Croatia nil in a closed-door game that Croatia was forced to play after Swastikas had shown up on their pitches last year. Anyway. No, back in 2015. But like, still. That's it, how long it takes for discipline for Swastikas on the field to wasn't happen. Wasn't there a Swastika incident last year, too? I there might have been. Because I remember talking uh, about it on the podcast. Are we, have I been doing this podcast that long? Damn. Okay. Uh, not they don't call it soccer. Quick question, though. What would your heckle be if you were the only person in the stadium? Like, who would you focus <laughs> on? What would you do? No, I would just like, hey, I'm the only one here. Isn't that weird? And then just like throw off the players. Like, yeah, it is weird to play. It's on only one person. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. Whatever the opposing goalkeeper is, like whatever goalkeeper is on defense, I'm throwing everything I've got at them because, especially for a nil-nil scoreline, I just want to see something happen. 
Netherlands beat Germany 3-0. Germany are going up against France are, and are in real danger of being relegated from the Nations League. Which apparently is a big deal. I don't know. It's what they say. I guess. Uh, Poland has already been relegated with their loss to Italy this past weekend. Uh, Russia. And fuck those guys. Russia on the way to being promoted to Poland's place, I guess. Yeah. It's... That we're, we're, we're learning. Russia is doing very well. We're we're learning how this whole Stop nation's it, league Vladimir. goes. Stop it! Well, I, Stop it, RT. I will say though that this whole nation's league thing, I was among the skeptics about. Like, will it be too complicated? It turns out it's turning out crackers of games. Like, it's really fun to watch. Even even some of like the worst <laughs> games that you can watch because they're competitive now are fun. Nil-nil between England and Croatia, and yeah, you're but saying the, that but, they're no, competitive the, games? The Spain-England game. We just talked okay, about fine. it. Okay, yeah, fine. Come on. That come on. was Netherlands, good. Germany. I mean, it, Netherlands, Germany was... It's their first win against Germany in a long... I don't know exactly G- how many Gibraltar, years, a long time. Gibraltar pulling out their first competitive win ever. I mean, like, th- these are the kinds of things that... Are, it's, it's just more fun to have these games instead of these glorified friendlies like USA versus Colombia. Anyway, uh, let's... Uh, any, any other international games that you guys want to mention? <clears throat> Brewers are winning 4 nothing in the top of the ninth. That's not a soccer game. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care, man. Go Brewers. That's like Go the Brewers. most international Fear of the soccer beer. games ever. Fear. It's the World Series. Okay. Dude, it's it's the, it's the NLCS. NLCS. Was like, say, even it's I know a, that. Wait, I, I, wait, like but a I, week I and mean, a half. It's, it's, for it's, fuck's it's, sake, it, man. It, it, in the future, it's a, okay. It's the best team in the world that we're deciding here in the NLCS. That's anyway four nothing at LA. Go Brewers. All right, all right. Well, um, we should talk a little bit about I think Finland and Costa Rica, right? Like, I mean, you know, our boys. Rasmus I mean, not, and Galvo are. It, it was. Rasmus Schuler played like sixty some minutes, and in he the was subbed first. off because apparently his national team coach knows that he gets tired after that amount of time. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird how he's so in tune with his players. Yeah, today they won. didn't even play in today's game, despite the fact that they beat Greece and beat. My favorite man, Socrates Papadastostopoulos. Yeah, they beat Greece 2-0. They also beat Estonia 1-0. Costa Rica, on the other hand, are playing Colombia. Fresh off playing the United States. They're playing Colombia tomorrow, so we don't know what's happened there. They lost, Costa Rica lost 3-2 to Mexico. Wah-wah for Mr. Calvo. Okay, let's now move into a segment. Actually, let's not. We've 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 gone on long enough, and and I think all yeah. that anger and bile that we spilled, we're talking about Minnesota United. That's enough. We don't need conspiracies, and we don't need soccer things this week. So, we really don't. Yeah. Okay. All no. right. So uh, it's time for us to end our show, and we ended by telling you where you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kay Olson seven sixteen. You can find my stuff at my writings at fifty five dot one. Also, thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song "Lustless" at Jathy Music. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. You can find me calling out E Pluribus Lunum there as well. You can find me at TW United Fans. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. Please. Share it with your friends. We enjoy having new listeners. You can also tweet at me, and I will read your questions out on the show. Our producer, who isn't here this week, is Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week. Fear the beer. Fear the beer.